Starting recording now. Hey, Jack. How's it going today, buddy? Good. How are you? Doing great. Hey, Jack. Look up. Yes. <laughs> oh, welcome to Streamers with Coffee. Right. So on this uh, podcast, this being our first, we're just going to be talking about random stuff, stuff that piques our interest, like current tech, video games coming out, while drinking coffee. I mean, what's not better, you know? Friends, good news, and coffee. Not much. We pretty much have it all right now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're, we're living the American dream. Well, the American dream would be a lot better than what the economy is right now. You know, in my area, it's called the American dream. You know, in my area, you can't even buy a house for under uh, $600,000 anymore. Holy shit. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, it's bullshit out here. I mean, if you have to think about it, really, technically the money's worthless anyway, because we left the gold standard in the 80s. Eh, good point. I mean, Technically, it's just paper. All well, money is IOUs. That's all. Yeah, yeah, and everything's digital now anyway, and it's just the digital debt that you're paying back to society. Actually, I wanted to ask your opinion on something. Huh. Since we're on the topic of money and going digital. Do you believe we could go on a units or coin or electronic system at some point as like a race as a whole? Oh, definitely. Okay. I want to make sure I just wasn't crazy that I was the only one thinking that. I really do oh, believe no. that will be something of the future. Well, hell, I, I can foresee maybe 15, 20 years down the road right now. Uh, yeah. In the hospital, baby's born. RFID chip right in the wrist, you know? Yep. And your that's your bank card, your ID, your everything. That that is your that's your way of doing things. It's everything. I mean, mm -hmm. you get arrested, they scan your RFID, they put a new in, they put new information in. Yep. You go to prison. It's your that's your prisoner number. Background checks, everything, right there at your yeah. wrist. Bank details, cars, cars you've owned, car, it, driver's licenses. Uh, it can also be your car key. Which is the nice part. Oh, yeah. Which. Oh, God, I'm really like, I'm kind of annoyed with myself how fastly I'm transitioning. But speaking of starting your car with chips. Now, the fact that um, Apple and Google have both announced that their newer software and future phones will support starting cars as a car key is. I don't know how I feel about it yet, but it's terrifying and also awesome at the same time. Just throwing it out there. Oh, definitely. I don't know how I... I 100% do not know how I feel about my phone being my car key. Well, considering if you lose your phone... Well, it's... It's not just losing your phone, but, like, what if, like, God forbid you have to reset your phone? Well, then you just download the app and log back into the brow into the server. Uh, that's true. I don't know. It's just, it seems more hackable than car keys already are. Well, well, that's the thing. Car key ain't going to stop anybody from stealing your car. Think about that's, it. That's a fact, yeah. 
with how electronic cars are now, I think hacking is a real problem for future cars at this point. Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, honestly, if they want your car, all they have to do is hack the IP, pretty much. Yep. Matter of fact, Tesla, if I remember correctly right now, you accidentally lock your phone and your keys in your car and you can't get in, you can log in on another phone, another device, and have it unlock your car. That's good and bad. <laughs> well, there's positives and negatives to everything, dude. That, that, that's a fact. Okay, so now that we've gone off on like four different topics in less than like a minute and a half, do we have any topics that we want to touch on? Well, that's the whole point of this. Random subjects with coffee, man. Okay, so let's start on a random subject that is also a subject of gaming events were today. Gaming announcements were today. Talking like uh, Redfall, uh, Scorn, uh, Diablo 4, uh, Starfield, stuff like that. Starfield, Outpost. Outpost, yeah. Uh, Diablo 4. I said Diablo 4, but yeah, that one's. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to Diablo 4, I'll be honest. Yeah, Diablo 4 looks fucking awesome. Just the intro for the Necromancer they did today on that showcase was just beautiful. Um, just just a heads up, you're going very staticky, and I don't know why. Oh, it's probably because I was leaning more closely to my fan. Ah, okay. So it wasn't static so much as a fan in the background. Yep, it sounded kind of like wind or static. I couldn't really put my finger on it. Sorry, I was leaning forward to drink some coffee. No, you're fine. You're fine. I just took a sip of coffee. It was quite thirst quenching. The downside with drinking coffee at six o'clock at night. <laughs> Eight thirty at night. Oh, there we go. Yes. But yeah, no, the intro for the Necromancer for Diablo Four just fucking blew my mind, man. It was amazing. I, I, I genuinely did not see that coming. I didn't think they were going to announce a new class for it. Oh, they were at four, and they just and they had five slots reserved. So we knew one was coming. We just didn't know it was going to be Necro. I mean, I, I didn't see that coming, but I like it. Like the last time they did Diablo three. I mean, look at that. That when they did that game, they released. Everything but a necromancer, and then they released the necromancer as a DLC. You pay forty bucks for the necromancer class, which has pretty much been in Diablo from Diablo. <laughs> well, you, you do have to remember you were talking to somebody who has literally never played a Diablo game other than Diablo three, and I, I tried. Like, the first level of Diablo 1, it was, for somebody who's a very casual gamer, too difficult for me. Especially going into it new and fresh. Uh, Diablo 2, never actually tried it. Diablo 3 was a little bit more user-friendly, which I think most of the Diablo community didn't actually like, because it got too far from its skill tree, like, roots. 
Um, but I think Diablo 4, I think, is oh honoring the people that love the old way of gameplay while still mm-hmm. making it, from what I can see on the trailer, user-friendly enough that somebody who's new to Diablo could still jump in. Oh, yeah, definitely. And honestly, when the game comes out, would you like to try it with us? Try it? I plan to pre-order. <laughs> oh, okay, then. That's... <laughs> yeah. That's another no, I. I full-on plan to pre-order that game and play it on day one. Like, okay, I love Diablo 4. I love the way it looks. I love that intro video. That was amazing. But personally, I don't think I'm going to pre-order it. Uh, that, unless there is something cool that you can get, you know, like the pre-order bonuses or like a collector's edition. Because if there's a collector's edition you know they're going to sell out in minutes. So Minutes? I give it seconds. <laughs> good point, good point. Kind of like a graphics card goes anymore. Yeah, I mean, literally in the time it can take to refresh a page on gigabit internet, they can sell out. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Good point. <laughs> I mean... Like, j- just to kind of put it into perspective. <laughs> <clears throat> uh... And then, like, <laughs> and then Redfall. Red? Redfall. I'm on the fence with Redfall. It interested me. I mean, uh, yes. The, it's, the it's, concept interests me. Amazing. But I want to see gameplay. It, well, they showed you gameplay. It feels more. Not like, enough, is what I'm saying. True. It does yeah, feel I, I, a lot like Left 4 Dead. It feels like Left 4 Dead with vampires instead of zombies. Exactly. That's, that's basically how I can sum it up, which I, I love it. Like, it, it still sounds like something I could buy and play the shit out of. Yeah. But you also remember, we just had Back for Blood. We have like three new DLCs announced and coming for um, what is that? Killing Floor 2. I mean, there's so many of these running gun, like 15, maybe 20 minute missions, killing hordes of something, and then moving on to the next thing. And now some of them have a story built into them, like Back for Blood or Left for Dead. But I, I feel like it's just a rehash of the same concept over and over. That's the issue with those party run and gun games. I mean, yeah. Like, like, there's not much you can do with it, and I understand it, but damn, it just feels so reiterated. Like, it's it's like, Call of Duty has become the new Madden-type game. I mean, look at that. I mean, Madden, every year there's a new game. But what it is, yeah. they're adding the new players, they're adding the new... They're adding the new trees, everything, of everything that's happened in a year. Yeah, all they're doing is updating to what's current and throwing it back out there. Like in Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the or whatever it is now, Vanguard. There we go. It was Vanguard. Uh, yeah. All they did was just add new guns. I mean, it's still the same skills, still the same run and gun yeah. shoot, and that's all Call of I Duty mean, is, is just the new toys I, added. Sadly, to the game. I don't feel like Call of Duty even gets to be in the conversation just for the fact. The last three times I've even seen Call of Duty hit the news, it's because they're remastering one. <laughs> yeah. Well, Vanguard was its own. I mean, Modern Warfare. It was. They redid Modern Warfare. I agree. And now they're redoing Modern Warfare too. Which I'm not going to play because 
Oh, I didn't play the remaster of the first one either. Yeah, it was just no. Um, speaking of remasters, real quick, and then we'll go on to Starfield because there's a lot of stuff to talk about that. Oh, definitely um, a lot in Starfield. They are remastering Skyrim for the fifth, third or fifth or whatever time for PlayStation 5 PC. It's a re-remaster, like anniversary edition. Again, and reselling it literally at the full, like, $40. Oh, jeez, yeah. No, that's, um, that's what they do. I mean, I wish they would get an Elder Scrolls 6 out soon. Yes. Uh, one, one that I'm actually excited about, but is also very confusing, is according to the rumor mills, GTA 5 Online and GTA 5, for the most part, is supposed to shut down at some point for GTA 6 to take over. But now I'm seeing a lot in the rumor mill that they're also remastering GTA 5. They might be remastering GTA 5, but not GTA. But maybe just online. the story. Yeah, maybe it's just the story. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know how true it is or not. I have done zero research on it. I just thought it was interesting. But yeah. speaking of extremely interesting things, I. I seriously think we need to talk about Starfield and what was revealed today. Oh, you mean the uh, Outer Worlds had a baby with Skyrim? Outer Worlds had a baby with Skyrim um, accomplished in two years since it's been announced what Star Citizen has been working on for five years and will release probably a decade ahead of Star Citizen? Yes. <laughs> Um, I, and, and there's also the elements of, like, Fallout in there. My and, best way to put it is No Man's Sky and Star Citizen had a baby and then turned into a good game. Yeah. Outer Worlds was pretty good, though. Don't give me that. I was... didn't play enough of it to make a judgment call. I will not make an opinion on it just because I didn't give it a fair enough chance for me to do that to it. Okay. I accept that. Um, yeah, I, I played it for two hours. I got frustrated on one part, and then I ended up never going back to it. So it wasn't the game's fault. I just struggled with it. So yeah, definitely. Well, one of the good thing, one of the things I loved about that announcement, it just blew my mind. The one hundred percent customizable ships. The that's exactly what I was going to get to, but I was going to save it for last. Yes. Oh. That was 1,000% amazing. I was going to go through in the order that they announced things in the trailer, and then the 15-minute showcase of it. That was, like, one of the last, like, zingers they threw in there. Oh, yeah, that's right. They're like, we have all the planets, and we have 100 solar systems, nearly 1,000 planets, and you can land anywhere, legitimately anywhere, anywhere. on any planet. And adventure underwater, in the sky, on the planet. Thou thousands upon thousands of things to do for th over a thousand planets. And then on top of that, you can build bases. And those full-fledged cities and places to go to. Oh yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean... And, oh my god. Everybody. You know every single person that wants to be funny is going to be flying around in a dick-shaped ship. Yes, that's that's a fact. Um, but the fact that they announced all that 
and then at the end of it, they're showing the base building, which I, I, I could hear it during the live stream. People were chanting. And then they just, like, as if it was just a minor detail, they just graze over, oh, and fully customizable ships. What? <laughs> no, he, he explained it pretty well. In no, the... no, they go into it, but they said it so casually, and then they just go into explaining it like it, like it wasn't a big deal. True. And did you see the like, way some of those ships were oh, breaking yeah. up? Like... Like yes, were the, falling the off break apart exploding. physics, like the oh actual physics to them. Like you can actually shoot off somebody's cannon. Yeah, it's amazing, and because they're all modular pieces, the particle Here's effects the cool is going to be awesome. Here's the really cool part: if you pay attention in one of the fighting scenes on the hood. You can see that there's a repair and a repair cost per module. So, you, like, if only your gun gets blown off, you can just repair the gun. Yeah, I'm looking at that right here. Yeah. yeah like, you can l literally... Th the damage to your ship is fixable, repairable, or changeable completely down to the module level. Now for some more coffee. Yeah, coffee's good. Gotta have a sip of coffee between rants. <laughs> well, no, I just, I find it... The fact that you can even customize down to the color yeah. of each individual piece. Yeah. Like... Absolutely remarkable game. I'm just hoping this doesn't turn out to be another Fallout 76. We all know that disaster. It started what outside? Like, it's a single-player game. That's that what can't kinda, happen to it. That's what I'm kind of disappointed in, though. Because... I don't know. Um, that's I'm glad, because that means there's no griefing. It can't turn into a pay-to-win. Well, I'm, I'm not even there's talking... Just... I'm not even There's so many like, things that can go wrong the second you introduce too many players. I'm not even talking MMO style. I'm talking like co-op. Connect <laughs> with Jack across the country and play. You know. Yeah. Sorry, I had to use you as an example because you're, you're no, that's, across that's the country fine. from me. Yeah. Like, like it would be amazing to be able to just like get in there, jump in a ship. Hey, Jack. Let's go hunting pirates, or let's go do this. Let's go see if we can find those gems we heard about. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, they did a really good job. I mean... And the graphics. Can, can we just, like, can, can we just take a second and appreciate the level of detail they put into a graphics on a game this large? Yeah, I mean, yeah, thousands of planets all fully developed. Dude, this game's gotta be like 200 gigabytes just for the game, base game. Well, I'm only thinking about that because, like, you think, like, Skyrim. It looks great, but that map is nowhere near, like, um, No Man's Sky level. And the graphics on that, I mean, yeah, they're good. I'm not saying they're not good, but they're cartoon for a reason. It's harder to make that geometry and high p 
pixel density detail and all this foliage and stuff like that in such a large game. And they didn't shy away from it. Oh, I, I absolutely fucking love it. And it's um, actually, No Man's Sky is procedurally generated. It still has the largest game map. In the world, game. yeah. And it's technically infinite because nobody has actually found the end of it. Everybody's trying to go towards the center, which is the goal of the game. Which the weird part is, is they just announced building a home. Like you can actually take a break from traveling and actually build like a base for like a few months. You've always been able to And do I'm that. just like, that literally is completely contradicting to what you made the game be about. So, I don't know. That just seemed a little backwards. Yeah, I think, but... I don't know. It's, it's one of those things. I mean, like, I mean, they had base building already. Now they're just making it so you have a recall home point. Yes. Um, one thing I would like to say, I don't think that this will kill Star, Star Citizen. I don't think... That was the goal to begin with. I'm not going to say this is what this is doing what Star Citizen wanted to do and they're doing it sooner and or better. I mean, that's a matter of opinion. But I do feel Star Citizen will feel a player or a concurrent player dip when the game comes out due to people will want to see what Star Citizen should or may or may not feel like by the time it does release. Yeah, exactly. This is a good glimpse into Star Citizen's future, is the way I'd put it. Which, Star Citizen, don't get me wrong, good game. It Funky is. as fuck, but a good game. Yep. I mean, um, walking by an elevator and, all of a sudden, and pushing the button and then stepping back and all of a sudden getting sucked out into the middle of space. That's kind of a glitch. <laughs> just a little bit yeah um, them resetting the server and losing nothing but one pair of th pair of sunglasses or technically everything but one pair of sunglasses no I had everything the sunglasses oh. were gone everything else was in my inventory that's just so weird. the sunglasses gone that's just really weird I mean, I did loot them off of a dead body floating in the middle of space, but yeah. Oh, that's the best kind of sunglasses. Dead person sunglasses. Hey, these belong to Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy's jealous. Um, just real quick, I want to touch on something which I think you might actually appreciate, and I think most gamers might appreciate out there. Um... Back when they announced Diablo 4, sorry to backtrack a little bit. Oh, no, not a problem. Uh, one of the things I've noticed, and I really do think it's a money grab, whether it be for more consoles or more copies of the game or however they decide to spin it. Um, Diablo 4 announced co-op, obviously. I mean, every Diablo game has basically had a co-op of some kind. Except for the first one. But I've noticed a big trend of a lot of games, whether it be computer, PlayStation, Xbox, doesn't matter what generation, they've all moved to either they are one 
single player, two, an MMO to begin with, or three, it is a online co-op specified, strictly specified as online co-op. Like you have to have you and your friend on a different PlayStation or a different Xbox. Whether it be in the same house or not, that's doesn't matter, but it's online co-op. And yeah. Diablo did split screen. Yes. Wait, did they? I have a lot of respect for that. I gotta check this out. Yes. When they announced the they, when they were talking about the multiplayer and the co-op modes, they literally said even splits, even um, co-op with your friends on the couch. And the split screen is coming to PC. So you'll be able to hook up two Xbox controllers or two keyboards or whatever, or a keyboard and Xbox controller to a PC and have two people play on one computer. Well, I'm already pre-registering to get more updates about the game. So, yeah. yeah, thanks for signing up, Jeff. Got it. Um, what was the other thing? Oh, did did you want to touch on um pre-ordering and how shitty that has become these days? <laughs> oh, pre-ordering it. Yes, because look at Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, enough said, basically. <laughs> yeah. Fallout 76. Everything about Fallout 76 was fucking garbage from the get-go. You want to hear a really funny one that uh -huh. precurses pre-ordering? What's that? They are so overhyping Arc 2, I think they might actually kill the game before it releases. It's going to be free to play, isn't it? Uh, I didn't hear that, no. Oh, um, no. I don't know, I can't say. But, um... If I remember Starlink correctly. will be free to play, from what I understand. Starlink, yeah. Yeah, Starlink will be free to play. Uh, Arc 2! Oh, Arc 2 Gave another to teaser today. Yeah. But... And I, I really don't think many people caught this until you either go on your console or on Steam or whatever device you're using to buy games. And it still does not have an actual release date yet. It just says 2023. But the stinger is they're literally giving a bonus content. They're giving bonus content, but not for a pre-order. They are literally giving away a free items in game for adding it to your wish list. Damn. Yeah. That's how badly they want you to wish list the game. Oh, as soon as they made the announcement that that game is that uh, Arc 2 is coming to uh, Xbox Game Pass. Yeah, uh, you can actually get Arc right now for free on Steam. Yeah, until the 19th. Until the 19th. Yes. Um, also, what was it? They said something else about art. Oh, I, I, I genuinely want your opinion on this, and I will stay quiet, and I really want your opinion on this. How do you feel about Van Diesel being in Arc 2? Oh, fuck yeah. Okay. I, I'm the same. I, 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 I genuinely I mean, think it's going to be awesome. <laughs> I mean, dude, we have Riddick. In yes. arc. In arc. 
We have Riddick with a T-Rex. That is fucking terrifying. <laughs> right? All I'm see all I'm seeing is just like you you're going out to hunt and you see this giant rex and you're like, okay, time to kill that. And you stab it. And then all of a sudden you have two blades in the side of your neck. It's like what? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, we have Riddick coming into Ark. Now too bad we don't have Paul Walker anymore. Yeah, I miss him. But yeah, I'm I'm sitting here looking at Arc 2. That's I hope I really hope they better optimize Arc 2 when it first releases. Yeah. Uh I have to agree with you on that. Cuz when I'll be honest, when it first came out, Ark, I bought it like day one. Um, oh, really? Really. I was oh, sorely disappointed. I bought it like two years into its existence, and I still was pretty frustrated with its optimization. I can't imagine how bad it was on day one. Oh, day one, dude, was like, oh my god. <laughs> but it did get better. Don't get me wrong, it did get better. A lot better. Which is a good thing. Let's see. Dude, I still want to play Elden Ring. Yeah? Hey, what's up? What? Oh, I thought you said Jeff. Oh, you know, I was saying, yeah, I agree with you. Like, Bios played it. I kind of want to play it. Yes. Um. Like, I kind of want to play that game. And every single game that the Xbox lineup today had is freaking, if you have their Xbox Game Pass, it's free to play. Well, not just that, Arc 2 will be exclusive to PC and Xbox. Yeah, when it first drops, Xbox and PC. Uh, I don't think it's a timed exclusive. Really? I am almost certain they've actually got the contract that it will be exclusive to Microsoft products. I have not seen anything saying that that's only for a limited time. Just like the next um, Elder Scrolls. Elder Scrolls 6, from what I understand, it's supposed to be an exclusive to yeah. PC and Xbox. It is. It's. <laughs> let's see. Uh, let's see. Arc 2 PlayStation. Will it be on? Survivors will continue Arc's dramatic in this next generation. Buy Arc 2 on PlayStation 4. Uh, this does not look like a very legit website. Game.co.uk. <laughs> no, that definitely does not sound legitimate. Uh, Arc 2 on PS5. Let's see. Console launch exclusive for Xbox Series X. Will only be on PC for an undetermined amount of time before coming to other platforms. So it could be an indefinite amount of time. Yeah, we don't know. That's what I'm saying. There's no set time limit. That's insane. 
I mean, yep. I, at this point, I'm glad I own an Xbox. Yeah, I would be. And that means we can still play. I mean, I've got a PC. I've got an Xbox. I mean, I've also got a PlayStation for anything like that on PlayStation. Like the new God of War Ragnarok. I am looking forward to that one as well. Oh, speaking of PlayStation, um, Last of Us, the first Last of Us being completely remastered in 8K and coming to PC. Officially announced by Sony. Nice. You know, I have The Last of Us and I tried to play it with the remastered PS4 version. I... I really need to sit down and actually try to play it because I I played for like maybe 20 minutes, got frustrated and said, fuck it, this game ain't for me and just walked away from it. You know, I pulled a yeah. U. I pulled yep. a U. <laughs> I, I'm known for it. If I can't get a game within the first 20, 30 minutes, I'm done. And we all know there's a very good chance Jack will not return. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I know right now you're pissed off at Star Citizen. Yes. You'll come back eventually. Might be another year. I mean, that's how long I took a break from it the first time. Oh, yeah, definitely. I know. Uh, that. The, the only game that I will never return to, and I have truly sworn off of it, and I have deleted it from my Steam account, is Elite Dangerous. That's how mad I am at it. Yeah, I know. It's unfortunate, but I mean. Okay, so I want you to pick the next topic since I've kind of thrown a bunch of things at you. Dude, I've been pulling topics, too. Okay, I'm just making sure I don't want to feel like I'm like I mean, steering the ship. <laughs> no, you're not steering the ship at all. I mean, this okay. is a team effort here. Okay. Uh, that's the whole point of this. Uh so I want to hear more on your opinions as an avid Google user. What do you think of the Pixel 7? I don't think it's enough of an upgrade from a Pixel 6. I was thinking that because what are they doing? They're adding a little bit more RAM and a better screen but... right? and bigger battery. Okay. You want the long version or the short version? Well, we've got time to kill, so let's see. Let's go with the long version. Okay, I'll I'll make it the the, the easier to understand long version. Okay. For a Pixel Six user, it is the most useless upgrade ever. Oh yeah, I mean, if you're like I for Pixel somebody 3. that is only just now joining the Pixel family, whether it be when the Pixel Seven comes out or now. I highly recommend it because it's basically a Pixel 6 with all the bugs worked out. Because now they've had a year to refine and fix all the bullshit that went wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe it's a phone that Bio should wait for. But... I do not believe, and this is coming from somebody that was more hype about the Google Tensor chip than I have been about literally 
on almost any other technology on the planet, I don't believe the Tensor 2 will be a big enough upgrade to warrant changing from a Pixel 6 or Pixel 6 Pro. Okay. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you loud and clear. Okay. Uh, did you just... So, that would be a good phone upgrade for Bio. Yes. Or we were waiting to see what was coming out like with the Pixel 6a and you were going to see if we would do something to get your mom an upgrade, right? Yes, I'm still already working on that because I think it's worth it for her. What if we wait until the Pixel 7 for her? It wouldn't be worth the premium of paying that new phone tax. The Pixel 6a, the A series, is the affordable line. It's the more cost-effective line, which for somebody that uses it for some emails and WhatsApp and text messages, I mean, literally the bare-bones usage and her smartphone, no matter which one she owns, lasts her two days because of the super small amount of usage she has. Oh, yeah. It, it doesn't warrant spending seven, eight, nine hundred dollars on a phone. More like the four ninety nine or the three ninety nine price mark for an A device. The four forty nine. Literally, it's four hundred and forty nine dollars. Oh, so I was right. I, I it's apples yeah. and oranges. It was right in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that's not a... the, the, there's zero reason to ever buy her the top of the line model. Unless you could get a killer deal on it and like get one for free when you upgrade yours. I mean, if I end up getting the Pixel 8 due to the Pixel Pass before I can get her this, then I'll probably just give her this one. Yeah, true. Oh, that's right, because you get to keep the phone at the end of the contract, huh? That's the beauty of it. You pay them a certain amount per month, and every two years, they just send you a new phone. You don't have to trade in. You don't have to worry about complicated, oh, we'll send you this one, then you have to mail back the other one. You don't have to wipe out the phone. You don't have to worry about any of it. They just send you a new phone. Yeah, that is kind of nice. because like, It's a phone subscription without the bullshit. Yeah, because like with Verizon, it's, hey, I'm going to uh, send you... We're going to get you this new phone, and as soon as you get your new phone, you have to send back your other one, but you have to pay full price for this one right now until we get your other phone back and put it in our system. Yeah, and that's why I like how Google went about it, and I am a very firm believer that at some point, um, because Apple is getting more into the subscription and being more of a services company with the uh, the fitness subscription, the TV subscription, the yeah. iTunes subscription, the Apple Music, the cloud storage. They are turning into a subscription and a service company on top of their hardware. I believe at some point we will see an iPhone subscription where you can sign up for every year or every two years to receive a new iPhone. I think they already do that, don't they? Carriers do. Um, back when Sprint was a thing, they had iPhone for life, where literally every year you'd get a new iPhone. Every year. Oh, yeah, that's right. It I was remember that. built in. 
But, it was but even that one had a, you had to trade in the old phone, get the new one, trade in the old phone, get the new one, trade in the old phone, get the new one. That's true. I believe, I, I believe Apple will follow in Google's footsteps, cut out the middleman, let you keep the old phone, and have a subscription service to get a new phone. Yeah, because that is one thing I do not like. I like always having an extra backup phone on hand in the event something catastrophic happens to my everyday daily driver, you know? not just a backup phone it's the horror stories you see on the news or you see online of this person hacked this or this person got this information or a simple usb port in a hotel can literally just a charging port in a hotel can put tracking software on your phone if somebody knows how to do it right yeah that's right like the the idea of i i don't trust any factory reset i don't trust any program out there enough to wipe out my phone and just hand it over like it's no big deal i have every smartphone i have literally ever owned in a drawer because i will not send them to a landfill i'm not going to put them in a garbage can i'm not going to bring them into a store they will stay here where they cannot be tampered with yeah uh call me paranoid i'm fine with it but <laughs> that's not and I, I wouldn't call that yes. paranoia. I mean, you're being safe with your data. Yeah, um, I'm a firm believer in data safety, whether it be your smartphone, VPN services, or just straight up being anonymous on the internet of protecting your privacy and identity when you're online, whether it be Xbox, on PlayStation, or on Discord, on a computer. Oh, yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, yeah, but I'm not a Google expert, but I, I've had enough experience with them that I, I, I truly just get back on topic. I truly don't think, again, because of how new they are to the chip and hardware end of things, that the Tensor 2 will be that big of an upgrade. No, especially... But I could see... I could easily see around Tensor 3 or 4 after having like one or two, or after having about two or three processes under their belt, then we'll start to see that year over year, like, oh, 30 or 40% more GPU power, or 20 or 30% more processes per second. Like, we'll start to see those, those, um, increasing charts like apple does it all their iphone launches it's 30 percent faster than last year it's 1060 percent faster than the original <laughs> like we'll start to see those charts and that that really the impressive technology improvements once google gets in their groove yeah i agree like yes. i mean like right now look at apple with the m1 chip it's not their first for <laughs> It's not their first. No, chip. it's definitely not their first one in chips. They've been making the iPhone chip since like the original iPhone. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, and before they partnered with Intel for their new their older devices, they yeah. were using their own in-house chip as well. Yes, and exactly. The M1 chip has blown. Our class is a ninety nine hundred K. Yeah. It's blowing <laughs> Intel out of the water on that. And it's, I mean, it, it's their first chip in, oh my God, like what, yeah. 10 years or something uh, like that? 
Apple fucking knows what they're doing. Like, uh, I'm not a big fan of their products. I, the usability doesn't fit my lifestyle. But when it comes to innovating hardware, they are the best in the business. Apple and Apple has made AMD and Intel look like they're sitting on their ass. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's insane. They did a really good job. And the M2 chip this past week. Oh, Dude, it's like a 53 or 54 percent increase over the M1, like just bone stock. Oh, yeah, it's insane. I mean, they're doing That's... amazing work. Yeah, they're changing and, the game, hands down. And like, no joke, I love the competition that we see between AMD and Intel. But yeah. with, with Apple coming out with their own in-house chips now. You want to know the best part about it? What's that? The absolute best part about Apple doing all this is it's actually forced Qualcomm, who's one of the largest smartphone man, smartphone system on a chip manufacturers on the planet. Oh, yeah. Um, it's actually forced them to stop sitting on their ass. And they flat out years ago, like two years ago, they said, hey, we'll we'll be competing with the iPhone in the next three years. Now, all of a sudden, Apple announces the M.2 or the M2 chip. And Qualcomm is just like, you know what? By next year, because they just had the um, the the eight uh, G one or something. Now the series eight or series G M one or whatever the name is, their next chip. They're saying they should be outclassing iPhones in single core processing power, which has never been done by any other phone. No, because and one of the things it's I finally forcing them to innovate. Yes, because Qualcomm, all they've been doing is just adding cores and. That, that, that's not much of an improvement. Like, even the Tensor chip that we're seeing now yeah. in the Google Pixels is outclassing the Qualcomm chips. Yes. Uh, depending on what you're doing, let's true, clarify, true, but yes. yes. Depending true. on your use case scenario, yes, it can outclass all, some, if not most, of Qualcomm's chipsets. But what are they on now? The Apple's on the A10 or something now? Uh, the A16 Bionic. 16, 16. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, they're on their 16th chip. They kind of have some experience in the field. <laughs> yeah, the... Uh, the Tensor actually... chip is only considered equivalent to an iPhone 11, which would be a uh, 13 Bionic. So right now they're looking at the 16 chips for this year and they're already announcing the 17 chips and the M3 chip for the computers. They haven't announced anything about M3. M2 literally just got announced and like not it's not even available yet. It only got announced last week. Yeah, they're looking at a timeline though of next year for the M3. Yeah, every year. No, every year. They will come every out with a new looking, chip every year. Yeah. Yeah, which and is... at the performance rate they're increasing already, they will outclass like sixty-four core Ryzen Threadrippers in the next two to three years. Oh, easily. 
and still get 20 to 30 hour battery life on the laptops. <laughs> TSMC is starting production of the three nanometer process chips in the last quarter of 2022, which is going to yep. be there for their Macs and their iPhones. Uh, they're looking at the M3 chip and A17 chip already. This has been brought out by TSMC. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I know it's in production. It's just it, kind of irrelevant because the M2 hasn't even hit the market yet. <laughs> I know, but they're already in production of M3s. They're yeah. working on getting facilities yeah. ready. Yeah, they got the M2 designed and built. It's going into products. That That's not the concern anymore. Now that They're already hard at work. I guarantee you they were on work on the M3 three months ago. But, dude, look at this. Three nanometer technology. I know. That's yeah. next to quantum. Yep. Like, if they go any smaller, they're going to be running into uh, what is, like, quantum uh, what is it? Quantum tunneling, where the electric signals just bounce from one trace to another and just pass right through the walls. Yeah. We're not going to be able to go smaller. Uh, they can go down to two nanometers. Uh, Apple's actually already testing it. Jeez, and I'm hoping that they figure out the quantum tunneling issue because if they can get down uh, to two nanometers, they nobody on Earth has found a way to do it with one nanometer. <laughs> but apparently, um, Apple's engineers are truly as good as they say they are. Apparently, they can mitigate, if not almost completely, solve it at two nanometers. Jeez. And once that technology drops, can you imagine what they're going to be doing with AMD yeah. or Intel chips? I well, you have to remember, Intel's already on five, or sorry, AMD's already on five and preparing to go to three yeah. in the next like two years. I don't think they're in as much of a rush. Intel's still on seven and ten. Yeah. Intel is splitting on their ass. Well, that's the thing. They were the pinnacle. They were the I know. top dog. And then here comes AMD and they drop a fucking bombshell called Zen. Yeah, Zen, architecture. Zen annihilated them. And once they released Zen 2, or no, what was it? Zen, it, was, third gen. it was Zen the 3700 series. It was the 3000 series. Yeah, but that would be... That's Zen. when they truly knocked Intel off the crown that year. They officially yeah. became the better-selling CPU. Yeah, because they outperformed so yeah. much more on a better technology. I mean, they were using chiplets instead of Intel trying to put it all on one chip. But yeah, the but fact that way. they were able to do it on chiplets and still have that buffer in between and still yeah. outperform Intel? Yeah, 110%. It was, it's absolutely amazing what AMD has accomplished. And oh, I love Intel. I'll I'll still use Intel to the day I die. Like nothing against AMD, but I, I I root for AMD every fucking day. I check their website. I'm always watching their conferences because I love competition. It's the only way we get innovation to begin with. Yeah, and if AMD didn't realize Intel's going to kill us with yep. all of their chips, we wouldn't be having this conversation of Intel would just be it. I mean, if AMD yeah. didn't drop Zen, 
It would just be intact by it this point. Wasn't for their newest line of graphics cards. I don't think the four thousand series would be rumored to be as powerful as it is rumored to be, because AMD, like I know, most Nvidia graphics card owners aren't willing to admit it. Their newest cards are keeping up, if not in some ways, beating the thirty series, including the thirty ninety Ti. Oh yeah, like they're for like five hundred dollars less, or something like that. For sixty-eight hundred XT or something. Yeah, it actually in certain games. I granted, I don't know exactly what games they tested. I'm not gonna say I know everything about it, but they were able to prove that in some scenarios it will be a thirty-ninety Ti. Um. But speaking of games and technology, um, one of my favorite topics in like the last year, uh, I'd love to get your opinion on, and I really do think we can have a lot of fun with this, and I'm really, really excited for it. It's better than any phone coming out or anything else. Unreal Engine 5. Oh, dude, I've seen some of the stuff they've done with Unreal Engine 5. And, okay, have you played... Okay, on... On PC, if I remember correctly, you can still get it. It's the demo. The uh, Matrix game? The Matrix demo, where you walk around New York City. I saw that there's a demo, and I saw that the game is on Unreal Engine 5. I never found a way to download the demo. I I literally, I scoured the Unreal Engine site for, like, five hours. Literally every link, every, every image that was clickable... Everything. I could not find a way to get it. Let me see. Because I played it. I think it was on the PS4 or the PS5, but I played it. No, no, no. I know people on PS5 can get the demo with ease. Yeah, so it's on the Xbox as well. It's on the PS5. Yeah. You can't get it on the PC. Unreal Engine 5 is so good that it makes the demo on consoles look better than what, like, triple GPU computers are doing. Exactly. And, no joke, I played it. I was in the game on my PS5, and it blew my mind because I couldn't tell if I was looking at a picture of New York. Or Or a video game. Or if it was a video game. Yeah, it seriously feels like you're just looking through a camera or a photo or a window into New York City. It was insane. Yeah. Like, I did, I could not tell the difference. Like, I'm um, looking at screen grabs right now. Yes. It's insane. Like, you can <laughs> see lights on in buildings. And imagine this game. Or imagine this as a full-blown game that we could play with Unreal Engine 5 and RTX. Okay, so three things. Um, NVIDIA and AMD are both working very close with Unreal Engine to make sure Unreal Engine 5 is 100% ray tracing and RTX compatible. Which would be amazing. So it's going to have down to the... Unreal Engine, the engine level support for ray tracing. Oh, that's going to be amazing. because Which is going to be a first of its kind. No game has that. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, 
to um, the developers because I've uh, one have made it that Unreal Engine 4 games can be upgraded to Unreal Engine 5 with just a, a software click like there's they're they're building a software to be able to convert games without all the hassle of recoding it. So they're going to be able to bring these games into the next evolution and get better frame rates and better pixel density and better resolutions easier without having to spend two years in development on it. Oh, that'd be nice. Um... Uh, just to put this into perspective, you probably already know this, but maybe the listeners don't. Um, one of the examples they used is a one single character model, one human model in like the Matrix demo or really any other Unreal Engine 5 model. Um, one human model in a video game on Unreal Engine 5 it has the exact same amount of polygons as the entire Skyrim map. Holy crap, that's a lot of polygons. Now, we're not talking all the people and the horses and stuff like that. Just the oh, map yeah. itself. No, no, no. I know exactly what you meant. <laughs> like, that's oh. insane. Yeah, the, they did a demo of like the, the, the extreme end. It won't be in games anytime soon. But they did a demo when they announced Unreal Engine 5, and for just a face in the demo, just, just the face of the character, like just, just before the ears and to the top of the forehead and to the chin, it was like 12.4 million polygons to make every cuticle, every hair, every eyelash, the water in the eyes, like... There's actual, like, movement to the liquid in the eyeball, the nose hair, like, literally everything has an animation and a detail to it, if you can get close enough. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. I, I, and things made with Unreal Engine 5, I am excited looking at the technology going forward, because oh, yeah. that's, I mean... The Unreal Engine has always been one of the pinnacles of coding for games. Yes, hands I down. Mean, I mean, the Elder Scrolls creation box, toolbox. It's good. It's good. But yeah. it's not Unreal Engine 5 good. It's not Unreal Engine 4 good. Oh. The sad thing is, for the last few years, and I know I know you've heard of it, and maybe some viewers or listeners have heard of it, but um, Vulcan was said to be the next big standard in video games, and I think Unreal Engine has kind of made that unnecessary. Like, we don't need Vulcan as much as we thought we would now that we've made an engine that is more user-friendly to developers, to game creators, to modders. Oh, yeah. to, it's literally changing the gaming industry. There's not many games being announced for 2023, maybe not this year, but for 2023, there's not many games that aren't being built on it. Oh, no. <laughs> well, it, it, you got to think of Vulcan, though. Like, 
more instead of, it's not an engine so much as like DirectX 12, which is an yeah. instruction set. Vulcan yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like set. that was supposed to change the gaming industry. Of all these developers would make their games on their engine, like the Frostbite engine or the Cry engine or something like that. But that's then it would run off a Vulcan instruction set. Which would which would improve frame rates and this that next thing, and but I I really do feel like Unreal Engine Five is going to kill that off. It's not going to be necessary. It might not be necessary, but it will still assist. I mean, it'll still yeah, no, help. it'll definitely assist. I and, mean, imagine you combined an Unreal Engine Five game but running on the instruction set of Vulcan. Yeah, I I mean I remember like, when Vulcan first came out that everybody was thinking, oh, it's just going to be an AMD thing because, you know, NVIDIA had DirectX 12. Yep. Well, now Vulkan runs on Intel. Uh, it's running on AMD. It's running on uh, NVIDIA. Yeah, it's, it's running on everything. It, 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 because it, they wanted far, to dominate the market. <laughs> it far outperforms uh, DirectX 12. I mean, DirectX oh, 12 makes you. my computer run like poop. Yes. The DirectX 12 Ultimate is even worse, and it's supposed yeah. to be Ultimate. But It's supposed I, to be an improved instruction set for graphical everything, yeah. but it doesn't I, work. I genuinely think well, it works, that um, with Vulkan as an instruction set and Unreal Engine 5 put together, we might maybe see games played at max settings. And I'm talking newer games, not some Atari game, which you could run on a toaster and get 60 FPS at like 17K resolution. But we might see games actually playable at like four or even 8K at max settings in the coming future. Oh yeah, definitely. Easily. Like... The, the newer, I, I mean, just just to round off the topic, unless something else you want to talk about. But the the biggest thing for me, and Jeff can attest to this, I am not a horror movie or game fan. I despise them, and I do not do horror. No. But the best thing Unreal Engine Five will ever do, in my opinion, even though I'll never touch them is make probably some of the scariest horror games we have ever seen because of the untold realism we can put into the game. Well, let's see. So, okay, remember that game that we saw today on the Xbox? Uh, yes. That's announced today. Scorn. Yes. That game impressed the hell out of you. Yeah, but I don't remember if they specified if it was on Unreal Engine 5. It's on Unreal Engine 4. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know. That's why but I asked. <laughs> do you remember how beautiful it looked even though it was on Unreal Engine 4? Yeah. Now imagine if Unreal Engine actually keeps to their word and you're able to just convert it to Unreal Engine 5 with almost no effort. Exactly. I honestly <laughs> think I honestly think when it comes out full and they have the tool ready, I think the studio that made this game 
is going to re-release it on Unreal Engine 5. Not just re-release it. I could see them converting it, but then like one year later, do like a one-year anniversary edition or best-selling year and anniversary edition that's like remastered to actually utilize Unreal Engine 5. Oh, yeah. Which would be amazing. I, I, I hope. <laughs> okay, so I can see them doing that for like the Xbox and the play. Well, it's not even coming to PlayStation. It's only going to be on Xbox, oh. Windows, and Steam. And the Epic Store. Yep. Yeah, so it's I, not even I, coming. I can see them doing a free release up, upgrade for the Steam and the Epic and the Windows Store. But for the Xbox Series X version, I'm imagining you would have to buy an entire new software set. I, I mean, you know, um, they, could just do, they could just do a free update like they did with the Anniversary oh. Edition of Skyrim. You do have to remember, AMD kind of let the cat out of the bag when they announced the 7000 series that they were already working with um a with uh, PlayStation and Xbox for the next consoles, the uh like the S series. They're like pro versions. Oh yeah, they're pro series. They're pro versions. Yeah, they're already working on those, and they're already getting oh. chipsets ready. Which means I, I would bet money in the next two to three years. Heck, even maybe just like twenty twenty three Christmas time, we will see a new line of consoles again. Oh yeah, I, I imagine not till the end of twenty twenty three, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like release in time for like Christmas of next year. Yeah, I mean, well, they usually always drop in November. Like yes, exactly. Xboxes, Playstations, even the always Nintendo, drop around they November. Always drop their new consoles around the November mark. It's yep. just kind of one of those things because they're leading up into the holidays. It's like, oh, Black Friday deals, you know? It's Black Friday deals, parents are buying gifts, better chance of sales. Exactly. And yeah. Like, yeah. I, I'm sitting here watching the trailer for Scorn over and over and over again. I mean, it's just the way they designed it is just beautiful. I mean, I'm looking forward to the game. I know you probably won't play it because it's more of a grotesque horror type game, but it doesn't help stop I mean, me from playing it and you watching it. Did, did you... Have you watched it with full audio of them explaining about the game yet? No, I only watched the showcase. There is no dialogue. All oh yeah it's all quiet did you hear about that there, there's literally nobody no narrator nobody ever talks through the entire game oh huh. i like yeah, that concept. it's all immersion and the the they they focused 100 percent. they said it's the most impressive soundstage and visuals that they've ever put into a game because you're supposed to get the full feel of the creepiness, the grotesqueness, the, the story, the why you're there, what's going on. You're supposed to get all of it from just seeing and hearing the game in front of you. It's because they feel any narration will pull you out of it and they don't and you'll be more creeped out or you'll get more immersed or more of a feeling of the game by not having a narrator or a character kind of like guide your point of view like oh and then this happened to you and you felt shock and it, it, 
it, it really lets your imagination go wild, which can actually be more scary than whatever they could come up with. Yeah, I, I've played games like that before. Yeah, so much better. Oh, yeah. Like, um, if you and or Euclidean play it, I, I will watch it in a heartbeat. I would love to see this game, honestly, in a VR-type setting. I wish they would do a you, VR release. Somebody would piss themselves. Yeah, I probably would. <laughs> That's insane. Especially considering, like, you know, when we're in the uh, place and mm -hmm. we've got my VR room set up. Yeah, uh, I, that I can, could be really I, fun. I can see you fucking with me. <laughs> oh, that'd be the least of your worries. <laughs> Um, speaking of VR, has Unreal said anything about Unreal Engine 5's support for VR games? Like, uh, is there a such thing as Unreal Engine 5 for VR? I don't know. Let's see. Uh, like, or does that even require oh. a different engine? Like, I don't even know. Unreal Engine 5 will support VR headsets. It's currently missing Perfect. some features, okay. apparently. But oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's going to be... It's going to be photorealistic VR. Yep. Well, yeah, with the frame rates they're getting and the high resolutions they're able to put into games, they're going to make, like, Crisis 1 remastered level graphics in VR. Like, it's going to be mind-boggling. Oh, it's going to be insane. And that's, again, why horror games are going to be on a whole new level. Yeah, it's going to be insane. I can't wait for that. Yeah, that's absolutely fucking insane. Well, at this point, I'm out of coffee. Well, it looks like we're out of time for this episode. Uh, uh, wait, wait, wait. Closing statements. We, ha we have to answer the one and only question people look for at the end of a podcast. What is that question? What was your favorite thing talked about today? Oh, dude. That is a if you had to pick one, what was your favorite thing announced and or talked about today? My favorite thing announced or and or talked about today. Honestly, Starfield, man. I am okay. dead looking forward to Starfield. Um, I'll be a thousand percent honest with you. Uh, even though it technically had nothing to do with it with announcements today, my favorite thing is still to this day the best thing in all of technology is Unreal Engine 5. I am so fucking hyped for what they're doing with that. Okay, yeah, Unreal Engine. I'm obsessed with that. <laughs> it is pretty badass. I agree. <laughs> but if you want to talk about games, even though we didn't talk about it today, um, to all the listeners and Jeff, Outpost was announced today, and it looks amazing. That's right. That was my favorite game announced today. We'll definitely have to get more into that when we can see more gameplay and footage. No. Yes, they only gave us a minute worth of content. Yeah, so. and it was it was good too. I, I yes, mean, but, I was watching it, and I, you know, honestly, I'm not one for spoilers in games. I don't usually watch trailers. Yeah, I know. You don't even watch trailers for movies most of the time. Exactly, but you know what? But, for our viewers, for our listeners. Oh, 
that's one thing we didn't talk about. What? Just so our listeners are aware, occasionally, once a month, we don't know which one, which cast, but we will also have live video of our casts going up as recorded onto YouTube. Sounds good to me. You're going to be able to find that at uh, the YouTube channel. We will post a link when we get that set up and going. Uh, right now, you should be able to find us on Amazon Music and Spotify and any other podcasting platform that I can find. I will link and see what I can do. Sounds great. Jeff, it's been fun. It's been real. And viewers, have, been real fun. have a great day.